Today's conversation is with one of the smartest marketers in all of real estate I've ever encountered. Her name is Erica Wolf, and she absolutely crushes it. And what I'm so pumped about for this interview is that I know Erica is somebody who sees the details of marketing. I think it's really easy to come across other people who are like, oh, just do this. Like it's just turning on a switch in their marketing and voila, it works perfectly, but it rarely is ever the case. And so what I love about Erica is she understands the nuances of marketing in terms of putting together a system from end to end where it actually works, it actually generates leads, where it actually builds your brand, it actually produces results. And so today's conversation will not be for the fan of heart. Today's conversation will be technical, it will be tactical, and it will be a deep dive into marketing systems that the modern real estate agent team needs to be a part of their business in order to really take it to the next level. Because if you don't, Erica is what you're up against in terms of competitors. Erica, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm pumped you're here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Okay, so Erica, just real quick kind of backstory. Tell them about where you do business and your business, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. Okay, so I am in Jupiter, Florida, which is Palm Beach County, southeastern Florida. I've been in the business for almost 15 years now. So I started when I was 21 years old and basically had to figure out how to stand out, get clients, um, and be 21 and make people trust me with not so much money and two kids. So social media, video marketing was the cheap, cheapest and easiest way to do that. And the least crowded, presumably, because I assume your other competitors of the day weren't really doing that stuff back then. Not at all. Um, I was utilizing like Facebook groups as well providing value, um, doing the worst pixelated home tours you've ever seen. When Facebook memories pops those up, I'm like, wow, people bought a house from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they did. I remember I started and I was in my early twenties as well. And I had a similar, uh, bridge to cross. So, to, or gap to cross with the bridge, whatever you get the gist and you learn how to recognize, like, you know, I used to say, I focus on selling homes to the modern consumer. We know that the modern consumer is online. And so I focus my marketing online and digitally. And, and you learn those scripts and dialogues and you learn how to have a competitive edge when you're young or when you're new or starting out or whatever. So I love that story. Tell us about your business today. So today I have a team of, I would say seven, two uh, sales agents aside from me, a showing assistant, marketing operations, transaction coordinator, and a VA. Okay, awesome. I so I like, I like your definition of a team. A lot of people like to divide staff versus team members or agents. And I like that it's just, no, no, our team and everybody's role matters. I can already yeah. sense it in talking to you. I love it. All right, so just let's kind of kick it off like this. Talk to us about the marketing channels that you built your business on. It's 15 years in. Obviously, there's a lot of strong tech and digital and stuff like that. But what are those pillars of marketing that you built your business on? So I would think from the start would be Facebook and actually Snapchat when it first came out because oh, really? you have to use filters. It was the only platform that would like take away any confidence issues I had, you know? Um, so I could apply a filter and like roll with it, right? Um, so, and I was more funny and brash on Snapchat because it was like yeah. more people who just knew me. 
And then if it was a hit of a video there, I would put it on like the Facebook platform. Um, mm. I would save it and do it back then. So that was like the start of it. But if I were to advise anybody starting now, it would still be Facebook. And I know Instagram is like a fan favorite for so many people, but Facebook is local, right? Join all your mom's yeah. groups, your dad's groups, your, your garage sale groups, your residence pages, and become the voice of you know the local expert, provide value, help them with not just real estate needs, right? Make videos featuring restaurants, talk about um, small businesses. Um, when the guy comes to wash your car, why you use them? Like that was one of the things that I think truly gave me momentum aside from the house thing, right? I always kept it like an 80-20 on real estate, 80 being like community, personal, fun content, and then 20% real estate. Yeah. And that misses a know you like you trust your business. And then today people are doing business with agents that they feel like they can relate to, or they feel a sense of connection with. And I love that, but man, your point about Facebook is valid, super valid. It is a local platform. I've been talking about this a lot in some of my videos and in some of my coaching sessions about how, look, the average person who comes across your video on Instagram, you'll never meet in your life, mm -hmm. nor do business with them. And the average person who comes across your video on TikTok, you definitely will never meet in life. It doesn't mean there isn't a viable strategy to be had, but it's like sometimes the means doesn't always justify the ends in terms of how much work it can take if that's your sole focus and you're looking to attract and build a local footprint. Um, anything you would add to that just about Facebook? Well, and I, I think you should have a, a profile on every single platform anyways, sure. right? And set it up and have that. But I just feel like Facebook, who are the main people on there? Probably like what, 50, 60 year old, 70 year old people now, when you actually go look at the statistic of who's using it, what do all of those people do? They own a house, you know, like they yeah. all own a house. It's great that some of your videos, your viral videos on Instagram are attracting a whole bunch of 22 year olds. But for me, where I'm at, like, Sure, I like first-time home buyers, but in Jupiter, it's really hard to be a first-time home buyer because of the mm -hmm. cost. So when you're actually intentional in creating your content and making sure you're you're getting the highest and best use out of your content, Facebook for me was a no-brainer. When we did that video mastermind, I think I was the only person in the room that was like, I love Facebook. I love Facebook. And... <laughs> You know, because it's not as fun and glamorous, but if you're actually tracking where your business comes from, and if you know how to work the algorithm um, and stay top of mind to people on it, you can make a lot of money in Facebook. I, I fundamentally agree with you. I think we have overlooked what Facebook is and what it could be. I think your comments about Facebook groups, I think about making local content, which you can make local content for Instagram or any other platform. And we'll get into this, but there's no reason why you can't publish content I've always said for a long time, create content in a vacuum or a lab and then distribute it across your platforms. There's no reason why I can't have a shelf like, we'll get to that, but there's no reason why I can't live beyond it. But I think so like I Facebook think groups- kind of a great segue with the Facebook groups. And um, because I do have like a marketing operations person, it's a lot easier now, yeah. but our blog posts are like our top 10 date night restaurants are, mm. you know, um, favorite activities to do with your kids in our area, things like that, that aren't real estate related, but are published on our website. And we give them to our agents, Carrie and Kelsey on my team also as responses like, Hey, here's all our URLs to our community based content. If you post it in the group, right? If a mom's group says, what do I do with my kids this weekend? It's like, Hey, here are our top 10 favorite things. 
You're not mm -hmm. selling them, right? We're putting a bit.ly link, but guess what we're doing? We're pixeling them. We know they're local in our area and now they're going to be retargeted by all of our ads. So all right, time out. I'm slowing you down. We're going to dive into that. We got to dive yeah. into that. Okay. So I want to just recap what I heard and make sure I caught the basic gist of it. Uh, so you obviously have some staff and some support who can help execute your uh, brilliant brain of being a marketer. Mm -hmm. You're active in Facebook groups and Facebook groups are inherently local or at least subject specific. In this case, they're community local types of Facebook groups where it's people who are doing life together in a certain area. And somebody may go in there and ask a question like, hey, it's what are the best activities for, I don't know, parents with toddlers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we know that people have an appetite for Googling those kinds of searches, but they're going to also ask those questions in a Facebook group. And because you have focused your content and the blog around lifestyle-based lists and things like that, you just link to your blog in a Facebook group, knowing that you have these kind of, basically these are like lead magnets where it's like, I can drop that link whenever I want. People will click on it. They're going to go to my website. And when they go to the website, you said they get pixeled. Break that down for us a bit. Um, so pixeling is tracking. It's basically, you know, attach their IP address. And now I can decide somebody who viewed any blog post, if I want to specifically retarget them with an ad based upon that information, which is what a lot of advertisers do. Um, but for me, for real estate, what I found is if they go to a specific blog post, just in the sake of saving time, um, I'll just retarget them with community content and listing okay. videos. Um, yeah. And a lot of times I think we over complex stuff because I could then oh, yeah. put in front of them, you know, just other kid related topics or things like that. But I just want to be the no like and trust source. So I don't, I used to, when I had a lot more time, um, go through and say, if somebody went here, I'm going to specifically put only this video in front of them. And then if they watch 20%, you know, uh, this video will show up to them next. But now I just want them to just see us all the time. Yeah. Uh, community content, what are teams about listing videos? I have a top five list, uh, like neighborhood video. There's top five videos that everybody should have in their like vault of videos, right? And those are typically what I'm running ads on. Okay. I'm going to come back to those top five videos in a little bit. Okay. okay. Um, I think what you're saying is spot on. I, I'm going to go technical for a quick second. Are you having any issues with the accuracy of your pixel in terms of being able to accurately retarget people since all the app tracking transparency framework and all that kind of stuff? Or is it all the not same? Not at all. Not at all. Everyone thought we would. Um, but again, because I've been running ads for so long and I've always stayed in a small area, um, I think I've had an advantage. Like I'm not trying to retarget all of Palm Beach County. I'm trying to do Jupiter. Well, Jupiter really ends up being a small percentage of the circle radius you're allowed on Facebook. So we are getting above and below, um, but we're only probably getting an eighth of the actual county. And I think a lot of people, you know, geography is different for everyone is they want to do such a wide area where my goal was always go small. We're only 56,000 residents in Jupiter, um, but we have a lot of snowbirds and because they want mm -hmm. that Florida no state tax. Um, really off season, we're probably only around like 34,000 people. And my saved audience is around 36,000 people. So I'm fine. I'm fine if I never capture another new person is my perspective on it. I just want to keep yeah. staying in front of those 36,000 people. 
Well, and I think what you said is true. I think it is so easy to make retargeting this complicated thing. Well, first they have to want to see this and then that will give us evidence that they want to see this. And we, mm -hmm. we create inertia because it's so complex and it isn't, at the end of the day, this is a relationship business. This is about top of mind awareness, presenting yourself as a know you, like you, trust you, agent of choice. And when the time is right, they're going to choose to work with you because they vibe with you on some level. And all you have to do to establish that is be in front of them on a regular basis, which is a very linear form of retargeting and all that it takes. So I'm glad you share that with us. So it sounds like one of those pillar channels, like the first question was, what are the marketing pillar channels that you built your business on? And it sounds like really Facebook is sort of that bedrock and it still is mm -hmm. to some degree. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, no, it's good absolutely. stuff. So, and I think what we do is if I'm gonna take time to create one video, right? How can I use it on multiple different things? Like if I'm making a neighborhood home tour video and I'm gonna run an ad behind it, does that provide value in our Facebook groups? Will people on Instagram be interested in it? Does it work on YouTube? Does it work on our website? Um, and that came over time with the help of others too. But now if we're, if I'm paying salaries and I'm paying for digital ads, like I want it to be everywhere and usable. Otherwise I don't want to make the video. Well, I, cause I, I was going to ask you next, like what are the trends you're seeing in the marketplace? And I think we can both agree that a trend for sure is video, 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 video. We got to make so much video content if we're going to be relevant or modernist from a marketing standpoint in today's platforms of choice. But at a certain point you're like, okay, how do I peel back away from the vanity metrics of just getting views for the sake of nothing and mm -hmm. actually get to the intent kind of views where I'm actually positioning my brand in the right place. And, and it sounds like one of the most important things is, look, if I'm gonna make video content, I've gotta be able to publish it literally everywhere there, everywhere and get as much mileage out of every respective video. Otherwise it's just a lot of work for maybe not reaching as large of an audience as possible. Well, and then it becomes all of your time is making videos. And especially if you go through a creative law, because I like to be creative in some aspects. I think I sure. went through a year where I could not be creative. There was just a lot going on personally, and I just could yeah. not be creative. So I went more to the analytical. I went more data. I went and just was like, okay, what can I use over and over and over again? Um, so I, and I think that's just normal as people like you, you're going to go through laws and it's a lot of pressure to keep making great videos. Right. Um, but also if I'm only making great videos, when do I have time to follow up with the leads? When am I calling? When am I going on listing appointments? When am I making sure oh. my business is running right? You know, I know. Like I can't when, are, when are you thinking about repurposing videos that already worked at a certain point? This is like anything else. When you get yourself on a treadmill setting, Mm -hmm. where it's going so fast and you can't do anything else, it becomes counterproductive at a certain point in time. And I, I agree, like, it is a lot of pressure if you're known as the person who always drops the mic with every video. And oh, by the way, you got to do that every day of the week. What? And sell houses. What? Mm -hmm. And balance something on your head. What? I mean, it becomes daunting. So I have a feeling there's a lot of people who are like, oh, please tell us about the top five videos that every mm -hmm. agent should make. Because that idea of what are the flagship videos? that you can just keep running ads with, I think that's gonna have a lot of attractive qualities to a lot of agents. Can you share with and, us any about those? Yeah, and that came to when I realized how many leads were being left unresponded to. And I was like, if mm. I could, my original intent was, if I could only have to remake these videos every 90 days. Well, I've gone a year without remaking these videos. 
And I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I think I can go another year, you guys. I think it could work. So um, community, just like a community tour, why people like okay. it. Okay. Um, town. And you can make multiple town videos, but really initially you only need one town or city. Um, we have an about us, like who we are, what we want to do. A listing video is always in there. We always have so that one, one rotates in and out, right? Just that you seven. That's typically like our fifth one. Um, our, our listing video, uh, we have one on getting a free home evaluation. And that's me and one of the agents in a home. And we're just talking to them about getting a free home evaluation. So basically asking for, you know, the sale. Um, yeah. And then our fifth one um, is just a marketing video that goes over, not necessarily about us. It's different from our about us because it goes more analytical. We have more data. Right. We have more of what we do, our process. Um, it's more of a value it, prop versus uh it's not a brand promise. It's a value proposition. We do X, Y, and Z, a little bit more of a list of what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So exactly. I wrote down five. So community tour, it could be a walking or a driving tour. And I think you're, I think you're right on. I think a lot of people feel the pressure of now I got to make a community tour for every little neighborhood in my town. By the way, there's 200 neighborhoods. Wrong, right? They just need one mm -hmm. to kick it off. Just the uh, town. Just the town. Uh, about us. Which, can you tell us how your About Us is structured? Because I could see where that'd be very easy to make it about you and actually not about the customer. Um, so it's it's both for us. It is about the team and how we got started and why we choose to bring as much value as we do to the customers because we believe we are getting like huge commission checks and that we devote a huge portion of that to marketing to make sure it's not just left up to MLS. Um, sure. Customer service, you know, it is an all hands on deck team. You're not going to only deal with one person. And that came about as a video that was needed for us because during the pass off, sometimes people were upset, right? Like we have a transaction coordinator, we have stuff like that. But that's also used in our high note for our listing presentation as well, our about us. So like you get the full package. So, okay. So there's another grain of truth here. These videos are more like tenets of how you conduct business. And we find the same principles of the videos in your presentations for listings and buyers. I'm assuming different ads and different versions, there are different versions of these things. And it's just kind of embedded and baked into the fabric of how y'all do business, right? Yep. And then for the girls for like lead follow up, right? If it's somebody who's reaching out to us about a relocation, um, we have emails or texts where it's a link to the video saying, hey, here's a tour of our community, right? Or our town. Here's our favorite restaurants. Here's our favorite neighborhoods based upon what you said. Here's a link to the houses um, that are within your criteria, but not necessarily your price. And here are the homes that are within your price. Like, so they always get to, that's an intro email, but then again, they're being retargeted as well. Cause they're going to click on the videos, click on our properties. And so, yeah, I want it to keep being used. So we have a whole uh, Google doc um, that the whole team has access to, and it's just bitly links um, of value that they can provide to consumers, leads, neighbors, anything like that. See, this is, okay, this is where I think so many folks who are on the hamster wheel of content creation are just getting lost because they're hardly keeping up with the pace of the algorithms and the feeds. And so again, I come back to, I'm listening to Erica Wolf talk about how she's actually not making, 
I know you're making videos, but I'm going to be provocative in the way I say this. Mm -hmm. um, she's actually not making that many videos. She's got videos that are lasting over a year and she's just absolutely leveraging them to the hilt every little which way she can imagine. Like it could be an ad on YouTube. It could be an ad on Facebook. It could be in a listing presentation. It could be in a bit.ly link that's in a master sort of recorded index of all your available resources made available to the agents. So it's in your lead nurturing. It's just, the question is not how do I get more content? How do I create the illusion of more content with the same content? Yep. I mean, we go even like we switched all of our sign writers, you know, and it goes to the property tour video on Super every single smart. one. Yeah. So the, like the we have property, a, the same property tour video or whatever, which one is on display that at that week? No, that home, that's a sign writer. So any for sale sign, cause there's a video on every single home. Right? So it's a different QR so, code for every writer. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> nice. So they have How'd actually, print that? Little, correct. <laughs> they have, uh, they have a little number here. Yeah. And then, so that tracks what property at the time, but that has to say different from what's on the brochure too. So basically every property ends up with two QR codes, one that's a stagnant one on our sign writer, and then one that's on the brochures. How many of those, how many of those writers, they're all numbered. How many do you have? Cause I'm just 35. curious. This is 35. So that means you're prepared to carry 35 listings at any moment in time, basically. Yeah. I just thought of the other video that actually is in the funnel and I think I couldn't think of it. And it's so silly. Uh, market update, market update. I oh, do do one update. of those once a month. Okay. So a monthly market update. Mm -hmm. we got a community tour and about us a market update. You have the free home valuation. Uh, mm -hmm. There's also the value proposition, how we do what we do type of video. And then there's listing videos that sort of rotate based upon what you have in your inventory. So I, so it's like, she's like six videos and you're using those every which way imaginable. Correct. Correct. Can I put you on the spot? Just go on like a rant. What are all the ways you're repurposing that content? Um, well, we have an 87 point checklist and they love when I add another point to it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they love it. Um, so what, okay. Facebook. So can I just say social platforms? Yeah. Or so say organic social versus paid, just divide that up for me. Okay. Like you want to know, ask your question again. I'm sorry. Okay. You have a video, like, let's say it's your market update video or one of your community tour videos, yeah. just I'm putting you on the spot, but how many different ways could you slice that up and repurpose it and use it? Okay. All right. Sorry. When you were saying the organic versus ad, I was like, wait, is he asking like number specific? So, okay. So organic ads, um, LinkedIn, I want to put in a social, like a lot of people don't use their content on LinkedIn, but let me tell you, um, we send those to attorneys that we befriend on LinkedIn. Like we, uh, attorneys, who else do we have? There's a couple of different adopters. We have like four different lists of professions on LinkedIn that if yeah. we do have a new video or something of value to them, we specifically, my VA messages them those. And we have a list of people that um, I think are powerful on LinkedIn in our community. So that does really well because I built up my estate relationship with an estate attorney through LinkedIn through, uh, I think it was the market update videos for him that got him. So, okay. So LinkedIn, we have print, um, and prints a lot though. Yeah. Like a lot of places, like we have diner menus. Um, I have 
monthly mailers that go to mailboxes that I don't print that just have QR codes on them. Um, our brochures, postings in Facebook groups, following up with lead responses uh, via email or via text. And I feel like I'm definitely missing another way we utilize yeah. these videos. That's enough. And and I also think like the other thing that stands out to me about you is just your use of QR codes. And you were an early adopter and you were also somebody who didn't like say QR codes were so old because now they're awesome again. Mm -hmm. And they're a very effective medium for kind of bridging the physical digital divide. Um, but I like how you've really just become known for your QR codes in published material, mm -hmm. uh, diner menus or whatever, because you can control the destination that those links drive to whenever you want, which means you have a, an external control on what people scan and go to versus once it's printed, it's out of sight, out of mind, and it's done. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know, without making you go like super granular, I got to say like what I hope the audience is hearing as they're listening or watching right now is wow, I should slow down, take a breath and start looking at my content and recognize like, boy, every video, every piece of content, every blog is like another soldier in my army. And I should be thinking not how do I get more soldiers? How do I get more out of every soldier I've already got and really mm -hmm. build up that army of content an army of marketing in a way that it works on your behalf? Because I think a lot of I think a lot of agents are stuck on the treadmill that's running at too fast a pace and they can hardly keep up with content and they need to look for a way to structure their content to get more out of less. And you are a great example of that. And I think when you're thinking about your content, what value is it bringing to your target audience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then also understanding like what you said, well, my target audience is a snowbird demographic living in like a one mile or whatever the size of Jupiter is, 56,000 population during peak season. I think understanding mm -hmm. what am I trying to build? What am I trying to establish? Where am I trying to establish my business? It's super, it's super important right now. One final question, and then I'll let you off the hook for the day. And I'm so uh -huh. grateful for everything you've shared. What are some of the trends that you're seeing in marketing where you're like, I think agents may be doing this right or wrong, but this is where you're looking for the year ahead. Um, for me is being more planned out. Like I, the last minute stuff, I want nothing to do with it next year. Um, like even community events, like every little community, act, act, ugh, every community <laughs> aspect, as well as, you know, uh, what ads we're going to be running. Like, I don't want to plan anything last minute. There's a reason we tell our seller clients that it takes us two weeks to get your listing live because we need to do the marketing right. Like I want that done with my marketing and my business as well. So I think a lot of times we're just throwing it at a wall and seeing if it sticks without an actual plan. That's good stuff. What do you think are some of the top reasons that cause agents to get stuck into that I'm running and gunning mode? Uh, they see another agent post something and they're like, yeah, I should do that. Oh, so they feel like, oh, I got to keep up. I'm falling mm -hmm. behind. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> And instead of following their plans, super, super sage advice, Erica, truly, I'm so grateful you came on today to talk and share your insights. It's been really good stuff. Well, thank you. I hope it helps someone. Absolutely. It's going to definitely help somebody. Uh, if you're watching and you got a big takeaway, we'd love to hear about it in the comments. Drop a note. Let us know what you're thinking and feeling about marketing now and going into the new year. So until next week, this is This Week in Marketing. <laughs>